0: It's Radio G. We have had some technical difficulties. That's why we haven't been online very much since, uh, gee, it's been almost a month, I think, and we lost half of that podcast besides, but uh, we're back. We've had um, our share of, of grief and crisis here on the Gulf Coast. For those of you, I don't know who would not be aware of what's going on in the Gulf of Mexico, but in case you are not aware, the oil spill, actually probably one of several, but this one um, really goes to the floor of the Gulf of Mexico, which is why it 's a gusher it 's a volcano. If you remember some uh, almost a year ago, uh, we predicted that there would be volcanoes in places you never thought they would be they would be exceptionally devastating and this is definitely, they hit the side of a volcano. Whether they did it on purpose or not is up to all of you to decide. I can't imagine um, all the reasons why somebody would do this. On the other hand, when you have a, a, a power-hungry Marxist Al- Alinskyite administration over here, and you have this New World Order thing going on through the UN and the IMF and all this other stuff happening, you never know who's doing what and not worrying about what the the other consequences are. So right away, people would say, well, it couldn't be anybody from the left who did this because they're environmentalists and they wouldn't want to kill the whole ecosystem of the entire planet. But what you don't understand about the left, especially the left in America, is that they're not very bright. They They have an agenda that they have decided in multiple committee meetings is the correct thing to do because they want to spread the wealth and and even the, the level of the play of playing field and those kinds of things. But they don't ever look at the long-term consequences. It's very much the same people who, and believe me, I was a part of this generation, but who back in the 60s, especially the late 60s, were in the anti-war movement and the peace movement movement, um, uh, who marched everywhere saying get out of Vietnam and 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 uh, forced a lot of hands with with their politics. Um, and we shouldn't have been in Vietnam in the first place, but it was Democrats who got us there. People forget that. And then when people didn't like what they saw, they wanted everybody out. Well, when we left Vietnam the way we did, there was... Uh, Uh, massive human destruction that happened because we left. It was the wrong thing to do because nobody looked at the consequences of what happens when you walk out of a conflict that you've been in, which is the same thing that would happen in Afghanistan. Um, Now, did we have to go to Afghanistan? Well, we had to go after al-Qaeda, that's for sure. We we should have gone after them when Clinton was in office, but he, he decided to shoot, you know, Aspirin factories, or whatever he was shooting. We should have not been involved with Kuwait, with the first President Bush. We should have not said, "Okay, we'll come over and save you," because Americans, by nature, um, natural-born Americans, are not warlike. They really don't want to go to war. They didn't want to be in World War One. They didn't want to get involved in any of the stuff that was going on in World War Two. They really Um, opposed and did not like going to korea and and fighting north to south Um, because we started out with war you know our revolution is what helped us become a free nation and then we had our civil war which was our evolving point learning how to live together now that we grew a nation of diverse peoples what and and diverse lands is what the civil war was all about we had the Spanish-American War. We had the French and Indian War. We had a lot of wars on our own soil. And, and Americans, just in their hearts, just really don't want to go to war. But we're also Americans. And so when we are asked to help or save or rescue or protect or defend, um, eventually we get around and say, oh, you know, okay, we're coming. We'll be there. We'll help you. We'll do everything we can to, 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 um, to restore order or whatever we have to do. But uh, then the leadership that's involved in that sentiment takes over a, a, a whole different um, uh, perspective and looks at what they can gain from now getting involved. And that's what always screws up all of all of the conflicts in the whole world. What, what's, what is everybody trying to gain from all this? What are we going to gain from Afghanistan? Well, they're already gaining. People just don't, they don't know that because we're not allowed to go there and check it out, are we? Um, what we're gaining from Afghanistan is a huge drug market which has been going on now for 10 years. You know, the opium the fields, um, the cocaine and there 's not a government in this world unfortunately is not involved in drug trade that 's why there 's no fighting against drug cartels on the mexican american border that 's why we don 't have troops, and that border is not secure because there are too many politicians, mostly um, but also some fat cat you know people who are making billions of dollars off this drug trade. so why would they want to secure the border? and people don't get that either they're like well it's just because he's anti-american or he's pro-mexican or he. Well, that's not the only reason don't forget that the mexican american canadian borders are um... A thoroughfare for many things uh... you who are in europe know about the european union you know how bad it is and of course now we have clinton's idea and it was really the new world orders idea of the north american union which will be canada america the united states and and mexico and there is a corridor that goes up through mexico from mexico through arizona um, and texas straight up to canada um, that they would like to make a a straight through trade corridor but it's it's more than that it's it's really a power highway um, and so they have these little agreements with the mexican president and we've always had an agreement with canada because they're <laughs> They are um, part of our heritage because of the British subject stuff, uh, Great Britain and the British. Um, we gained our freedom. They really didn't, and they're on our borders. But So we've always had this kind of friendly agreement with Canada. But I lived in Buffalo, and I crossed over into Canada all the time on the Peace Bridge, a special little bridge that was built to, to show that there's a peaceful coexistence. You still had to show papers and answer a lot of questions when you crossed that border, and you still do. If you go up to Niagara Falls and you cross over the Rainbow Bridge, you better, you know, they better know where you're coming from, and they can stand there and ask you questions and check your car and check your papers and check everything you have in your bags and everything because you're crossing the border. That's that's fine. I don't have a problem with that because it works both ways. We don't have people coming into Buffalo area or Niagara Falls area um, that are necessarily uh, illegal and, and potentially dangerous or criminal in nature because of our border patrols up in Buffalo. When 9-11 happened, I of course went right to New York, but I also on the way back from New York went to Buffalo because that was my hometown. I was living in Alabama at the time, but I had a lot of people there. And, of course, my kids were scared. They thought that Al-Qaeda was coming to Buffalo. And it, it turned out, I kept saying to them, no, they're nowhere around here, they're in New York. But it turned out they were in Lackawanna, which is like 13 miles south of Buffalo, so there was a whole cell there. But anyway, um, and I went right to two of the border crossings, um, because if you come off the Peace Bridge at one point, there's a, a huge water treatment facility, and it wasn't guarded, and I I went right to the news and said, why aren't you people taking this seriously, that these things have to be guarded because of the acuteness of this whole attack and what's going on now, that we don't know where else they were going to go, where they could have gone, where they were delayed going to, and all those kinds of things, but people didn't take it seriously there because they they basically said to me, we've got our border patrol. We have our border people, and nobody's going to come across that bridge with anything in their cars, vans, or otherwise that somebody's not going to catch. Well, at least 99% of the time. (laughs) Okay, so why don't we do that in Mexico? Why don't we have that? Well, we have it in San Diego, but it's almost beyond control there. Because even though you have a big border crossing area there where cars go through, and I used to go through there because I was stationed in San Diego, and lived there for a while, stationed at Camp Pendleton, so we'd go go to Mexico through the San Diego gates. Um, They weren't as um, strict going into Mexico as they were coming out of Mexico. Of course, you have the, the Mexican authorities who will do weird things once you are in Mexico. (laughs) We had people getting arrested all the time for for disturbing the peace because they turned around and yelled to some friend of theirs, hey, come on and catch up or something. And then, of course, unless you could bribe them to get out of jail, you were there for quite a while. And if you were military uh, in those days, anyway, back in the 60s, they really wanted to hold you up. So one of the very first things we were told was don't go to Tijuana, don't go to Mexico. But... um, as all 18- to 21-year-olds do, as soon as you tell them not to do something, they will do it immediately, just to test it. So anyway, uh, that border was never porous, but it was um, more lax in many ways because also of the countryside, that people couldn't go through the gates so easily, but it was real simple in many ways to go through the hills. And so our MPs, (laughs) our military police, from the Marine Corps were often the ones who were picking up illegal aliens um, as they tried to cross the border without going through the gates. And uh, and then we have, you know, so that brings us to the question of why, why do we want to do that? Well, everybody has borders just like you have boundaries. You know, you don't want everybody crossing over into your space, riding in your car, living in your house, um, without permission. You want to know who they are, where they came from, what their intentions are, why they want to live in your house, why they want to be in your car, why they want to be in your life, why they want to be in your children's life. I mean, you want to know those those answers. So how is that so difficult to understand that as a country, which also has a soul and has boundaries, um, that the country would say, you know, why are you coming here? And what what are your intentions? You're here to work? Are you here to live? Are you here to become an American? Or are you just here... Are you here to escape? Fine, then you're a refugee. Are you here to work? Then you're a temporary worker. If if Americans aren't looking for that same job, um, or what are you? You know, are you here because you want to kidnap our people? Because you're running away from the law? Because you think that you're going to have a better life in some slum in San Francisco as a refugee sanctuary city? Um, what is you know where are you from and what it, what are your intentions and if you're not if you don't intend to live here and become an american then we want to know where you are and we're going to we're going to limit your resources and your time here because we have americans that need those resources and need the space and need the time and need the 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 understanding and the knowledge and the feeling of security that people who are around them wherever they are whether they're at work or on vacation Are people who believe in basically the same things, not theologically or or even politically, but um, I don't even know what the right word because it's not culturally because we're a multicultural society, but in the same basic values of, of the Ten Commandments. Let's go there that we don't steal, we don't lie, we don't we don't kill. You know, we don't try to get everybody else's stuff. I mean, we're we believe in. A market system that allows us to work and in and, and gainful employment um, and pay taxes, so that that we have streets and schools and and uh, buses and and parks, all those things that we enjoy as Americans. And so we want to make sure that people who come here, who cross our boundaries, at least have a basic understanding and a basic belief in those same things and want to become a part of that. Now there's more Hispanics, legal Hispanics who live in Arizona, California, Texas, well all over the country who are very angry at the illegal aliens who are coming across the Mexican border. It's the Hispanic people who actually show more passion about the fact that they came here legally, they love America that they wanted to become Americans and to love this country and make it as better with their own their own part of them that every American does, and to have all these these millions walking across the borders and doing whatever they want and saying it's their country is um, is appalling to them, and is setting up quite a a civil war as far as our borders go. To have an administration that sues a state, this is the United States <laughs> when one of our states is threatened, the federal government especially should be stopping and protecting that threat, and any surrounding states should be doing the same thing you, poor Arizona jam brewer i don 't know I, I have a lot of respect for that governor um, she 's standing up for what 's right she 's strong. She, she's all she has done with the law that she wrote, that they wrote, and have, goes into effect now, is to copy the federal law and add additional um, stipulations, so that no one would get accused of improperly racially profiling someone or um, being racist. <clears throat> The federal law is probably more racist than Jan Brewer's law in Arizona. But we have a president who doesn't stand up and say, you know what? Our U.S. government has not done its job. We're not securing our borders. We have all kinds of people coming across. It's not just Mexicans. This idiot in office doesn't understand that we have people from all kinds of countries crossing that border with the Mexicans. They can be anywhere in all of our cities and just waiting waiting for enough to come enough materials to get through enough coordination enough you know organization um, to push the button and say okay now we're going to do this whatever it is so um he's an idiot he's a total idiot <laughs> Uh, and you know what they can come after me I don't care um, at this point I I have tried to tell people about this man from the beginning and they keep saying well I love him I love him it's like what do you love about this man what has he done for you well he's not, he's not racist see he's letting the Mexicans come across because they're poor and they should come here they should come here and do what I'll tell you what if the president and the administration in Washington um, support this then we should just have a direct line we we'll put the buses at the border. All the illegals get on the buses, and they can go live in the White House, and they can go live in Congress, and they can put their their um, build their little shanties or whatever on, on congressional grounds. They can go live in Nancy Pelosi's estate. They can go live in Al Gore's estate. They can, you know, let's let's really spread the wealth around. Why don't you spread the wealth there? Make that a sanctuary city. The inside inside the gates of the White House. Let them all live there. And don't be afraid for your children, Obama. Don't be afraid. You know, just because some of them will be rapists and killers and child molesters and kidnappers, just, you're trying to be fair and socially just. Then you have to trust to do that. Don't make it so that everybody in Arizona has to do that. They have 1,100 people in one county, 1,100 incarcerated felons for... for Accused of of felonies, aggravated assault and murder and rape. I mean, eleven hundred and one county waiting for prosecution. That's one county. Look at your own counties and and tell me, you know, how many counties are in every state? That's that's a lot of people that they're dealing with. They have people getting shot. They have sheriffs getting shot. They have you know um, AK forty sevens coming across the border that are caught on camera. These are automatic weapons. These are major, major weapons. They have people carrying drugs on backpacks. Multiple people, you know, 60, 70 at a time. They all have backpacks full of drugs, and then there's 4, five, ten people with them carrying guns and grenades in case they run into anybody. Um, that, to me, is an invasion, and that's a war. That is war. That's not the wars that we were talking about. That is war because someone is crossing our borders, with guns with the intent to do harm to our people our country whether it's with drugs or killing anybody who gets in their way that's war so you secure the border you don't worry about some legislation that you have on your agenda to make sure that you have enough democratic voters who are on the welfare rolls this is johnson this is carter this is uh, woodrow wilson fdr all over again except exacerbated to the point of, of disbelief. People have to learn their history. I listened to even, you know, some talk radio this week while I was doing other things. and um, I go to both stations, although I cannot stand listening to the liberals anymore. They're just totally out of my... IQ. I really, they make me sick, but anyway. But I'm listening to somebody who wasn't supposed to be too far right, and I guess he wasn't, because he had callers who were trying to tell him, look, you don't know the history. You have to look at the history of who's in office, and who he's surrounded by, and who they were surrounded by, where their histories are, and that understand that this, no, he's not a socialist. Obama's not a socialist. He's a Marxist-Alinskyite. They don't even know what that means, these pundits on the radio and TV. What's a Marx... Marx? No, he can't be. And you think he's really doing any of this on purpose? No, I don't believe so. I think he's trying to do the best he can, and it's getting out of hand. No, 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 no. If you look at the Marxist Alinskyites, if you look at the communist um, layout of agenda of what's supposed to happen when you want to take over something... I was part of this. I tried to tell you before that in the 60s, after I got out of the service, 1971 actually... Um, in the sixties in the late part of the service we had people all around us i was a marine and we had people all around us who hated us and they were all anti-war movement people and i was fascinated by them not because i was enthralled i've I, just always been a curious person like where why do they hate anybody in uniform why are they spitting on us why are they calling us names why are they marching against this this conflict that we're in and do they understand the long-term things the holistic picture of of what's going to happen if we suddenly just quit and of course they didn't and so when i got out of the service uh and went into the university system i was um caught up in many of the things that many people who go to universities are it's okay you can take english and you can take sciences and if you take anything in the liberal arts field you you're going to be steered one way or another it's much worse now than ever but um, uh, so I got caught up in many of the radical little programs and I and I saw people marching for Title IX and, and joined that and saw people fighting for, for women's rights and said, Well, okay, I believe in that so and the ERA the equal equal pay thing and thought we maybe should fight for that and and then I started watching all the people who were involved in the collectivity in the Maoist way, in the Marxist feminist way of dealing with these things and said, Wait a minute, I mean they're way off base Because they're so anti American. And yes, America always needs changing because we are an evolving young country. But we don't need to change from our original, uh, our original divinely guided um, conception, which was to be a free society that was based on uh, doing the best you could at what you wanted to do to become successful at it. That meant capitalism. Not socialism, not communism. When people came here, if you look at the history, they came here away from countries that were oppressive to their individual attributes, their individual gifts that God gave them. They came here with the with the the sole intent and heart and soul of I'm gonna be in a place where I can I can do something with my life, with myself, with my children and my grandchildren, and for them that will be productive and good. And they came here with nothing. They made that horrendous trip across the oceans and then and came to this land and struggled and kissed the ground. And struggled some more and kissed the ground. Because they were free. Um, and that meant that they were free to, to go into enterprises like... My grandfather came here and he opened um, a shoemaker shop because people need shoes. Did he do it for nothing? Did everybody get the same color shoes? No. He made everybody's shoes different and he made money. And then he, as he got older, my um, uncles and he went into the restaurant business because everybody needed to eat and they loved Italian food. So they opened a business. Did they give it away? Did they have the government say they could only sell spaghetti on Tuesdays and it had to cost less than fifty cents? No. Did they did they have the government say you can't um, sell spaghetti to children because they might get fat? No. Because it was a free country. If you all don't know it by now, if you haven't figured it out yet, we have already converted to socialism. You just haven't seen all the implications and all of the the uh, the. Um, the ways that they're going to implement it you see it in little tiny things like you know no more uh... you can't sell pets in san francisco and stimulus money four hundred ninety million of it being used in in california to fight obesity and we will tell you what your children can eat and we have a new um... medicaid medicare czar that's been appointed who has openly said that, you know, that health care is and must be a redistribution of wealth and therefore um, you have to determine if people are too old to get certain procedures or and or are too young to have babies, um, too poor have babies, or to whatever they decide to have babies. This is all leading up to eventually what the ultimate thing is, which is in the health care bill, that you will be licensed before you have a baby. In other words, you like China, you're allowed to have 1.2 children um, and if we have, if we determine at the time that you get pregnant that there are too many boys or too many girls to make the playing field even, then we will force abortion so that you can not have to kill the baby yourself and if you are over fifty five or sixty five and drawing on some of our limited resources and social security that you paid into all your life or medicaid which is what poor people use for health care which is still going to be there and we can't afford you anymore then we are going to have to say that we will not support any medicaid payments or medicare payments for whatever drugs or procedures that you may need to keep you alive or make you healthy so are those death panels well no that doesn't mean you're going to stand up in front of a firing squad or they're going to put a uh, a needle to you and kill you but if you can't get the procedures that you need if you have to wait too long for those procedures or you you can't get the medications or you haven't learned how to take care of yourself holistically, um, you're going to die. So that becomes a death panel. Now people say, well you're being ridiculous. You know there's nobody who's gonna you know, if they if you're in an emergency, well, okay. Look at the Gulf Oil spill that just happened. Mm-hmm. If you watch the way the whole government reacted to this? Whether they did it on purpose or not, doesn't matter. Um, if if that if that volcanic explosion that killed 11 people was something that happened to your child or your husband or your wife your mother or your father whatever it was like a heart attack or a stroke and um they needed immediate help but maybe were too old or in the wrong place <laughs> or the wrong color or whatever um the government has to determine first via committee whether or not you or that person should get the help that they need. We're on day 84 of the Gulf oil crisis and Obama's on vacation in Maine. Those things come first. He was on vacation in Asheville, North Carolina three days after the explosion. Those things come first. Vacations in Gulf for the social elite, the power, the powerful, who have taken the money and spread it around and think and believe and will tell you that they believe that they, they deserve to have the leisure and the fun involved with being that powerful because they're the ones who implemented the change they give you hope they think you should be losing that by now because they provided the change necessary and you read Saul Alinsky and you read Marx and you'll hear all of Obama's words there if you read William Ayers, all you have to do is read Obama's two autobiographical books. He didn't write them. Bill Ayers did. Um, and the way you tell that is if you read his books, you'll see all these whole oh, these wonderful little passages about the sea of life and sailing through things and um, everybody thought it was such deeply written literature. <clears throat> Obama had never been on a boat and never sailed in his life, but William Harris did. He understood what it meant to feel the breeze of your life past you. He understood all those things, so you guess who wrote those books? You have been duped, America. You have been duped big time. I wrote about this coup in 2007. I actually started writing about it in 2006. I told you that this man was bad news and very dangerous. But it's not just him. It's everyone he has surrounded himself with. And if you haven't done your homework, then you don't realize that we have become a socialist nation. How are we going to take it back? Well, they're going to divide and conquer first, and that's what you're seeing with the new Black Panther Party and the Tea Partiers and the setup that's happening on the borders and Islamic stuff that's going on that you're not even aware of, our NASA program... You don't remember being a kid, if you're my age, um, when that first rocket went up, <laughs> and, it, and that first capsule came down into the ocean, and the first time we walked on the moon, and uh, and and looking up at the sky and realizing that this, we had this vastness that was even greater than than what we knew our country was, and that's a vast country, and saying, wow. I want to be an astronaut someday. I actually, I was in, uh, I think I was in fourth grade and I wrote to NASA and said they should have women astronauts and they wrote back and said that we will. And, of course, it took them 20 years or 25 years before they got one, but they still worked on it. They had them, um, unfortunately, for Sally Ride. But um, Now, NASA, we have to pay the Russians to hitch a ride to space. That is, to me, appalling just even thinking about it. These are our new buddies. We're going to hitch a ride in their cars. And NASA has been um, told that their new job is to make Muslims feel better about science and their contributions to science. This is not NASA. It's not the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. This is not what got us to the moon. We're supposed to make Muslim nations and Muslim people feel better about their contributions. Uh, You know, I'm Native American, Italian. My mother's got not only Native American, but some English and some German and some, uh, oh, I don't even know, in her, um, Polish, I guess. And. We didn't look at in any of our history books whether or not the person was Italian or Polish or Native American. It was the invention or the breakthrough itself that was important. Not Louis Pasteur was French and so the French are better than. No, 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 no. Who was Louis Pasteur? He was a Frenchman, but who cared? It was what he did. And who was Jonas Salk? And who was Thomas Edison? And who was Benjamin Franklin? it wasn't do you even know the nationality of Benjamin Franklin i bet you don't <laughs> or even Thomas Edison because we didn't talk about that that wasn't important what was important is that they gave themselves to helping america and helping the world become a better place through their innovations and their entrepreneurship through their open-mindedness and their vision through their ability through freedom to do what was necessary and 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 what They had passion for to change the lives of everyone in a good way. Some of the radicals on the left say, "Well, you think electricity is a good thing? Look what it's done to us." Well, yeah, it is. And do you think oil is a good thing? Everybody you know, so dependent on their cars to drive around. You know what? God gave us these resources on purpose. And he did not give us these resources so that governments could steal them, like they have with the whole western side of the United States, the western half of the United States. The government owned land in Wyoming and Nevada and California, um, Idaho. All those states out there that have shale gas and shale oil, which if we did the right thing we could get oil companies and people who do this kind of thing to do it correctly and under supervision if we had to regulations that allowed the environment to stay pristine and we're smart enough to do it we didn't have to be way off in the Gulf of Mexico mm-hmm. that was forced by Obama's administration he stopped all the land leases They took over another 8,300 million acres of Western land, gave it to the government for monuments, probably in his honor. That's a Maoist thing, by the way, and a Marxist thing, too. Um, And when the oil company said, we, we, we want leases offshore within you know, 50 miles offshore, and they said, no, we're not going to allow you to do that because our environmentalists don't want you to do that. So they sent them 500 miles or whatever it is offshore to do deep water drilling, which they didn't know how to do. They kind of did, but they certainly didn't know how to fix it if they did something wrong. And that's what we're living with. Now, health-wise, just because I know people listen to me wow, for the health stuff, you know that um, the, the, chemo- the oil itself is not as toxic even to the the fish and the other animals, as the stuff that they're putting the chemicals that they're spraying on the oil, now the oil itself is toxic, it does cover the animals and we 've lost thousands and thousands and thousands. they won 't let you see as, as uh, the, the many that we've lost they 've blocked the freedom of the press um, but the stuff that they 've sprayed has actually made the oil into a slimy. Sticky pudding-like substance, which is full of um, of the chemicals, like 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 benzene, uh, which is only one of 62 chemicals. They they said so there's three chemicals, main chemicals, There's 62 different chemicals that are being sprayed over the Gulf, and then they say, well, don't worry, that's over the Gulf. It's not over residential areas. Well, we've seen the planes. We have eyewitnesses of planes that are actually flying over residential areas. And, and so what? Even if they weren't. Look at the chemtrails, and if that doesn't convince you, just watch the prevailing winds. We have the winds coming up from the Gulf, pushing all of that all the way through all the states, all the way up north, all the way to Canada. So those who, who I, I was on the phone with somebody last night, and she says, Well, I wasn't w- too worried about it because we don't live there. We're way up in Montana. I said, I said, When do you think the wind comes around to you? It may be later, but it's not going to be a never, just later and the prevailing winds will carry this and the prevailing currents from the gulf of mexico around um the tip of florida and up through the atlantic ocean and then beyond will carry the ecological devastation to the whole world which is why many of the countries who knew that this happened offered their help right away to try to stop this oil leak and to clean up the oil without the dispersants because they know that their own countries are going to be negatively affected. But we have an administration that said, no, we have to have a committee first to see if we should even allow anybody from another country in here to help. And we have to have a committee first to see if putting sand berms up in Louisiana is ecologically sound because it might affect the fleas that are in the sand, and we don't want that to happen, and we couldn't have the whale come in, that big Thai- Thailand boat that can do 500,000 times more than anything that BP has done because we have to test it first because they allow some oil to go back in the water, and that's not, that we, our environmentalists don't like that. Well, if you're taking 500 million gallons of oil out and you're putting one gallon back because of the sifting and the changing waters that have to get re- reversed, so, what? You have 499 million gallons that just got taken out. I mean, that's like saying you don't want to win the lottery because you have to pay taxes. I used to have people tell me that. The left, especially. My radical left friends. I don't want to win $5 million. I have to pay a million dollars in taxes. Okay. That makes sense. Why take the four when you have to pay one? So, why have the uh, the whale here taking care of the oil when it might put some back in the water that they would skim off again? I mean they don't cook obviously you know when you cook and you skim off fat, you don't get all of it, so you might have to re restrain it again because you're going to put some back in, so you might just strain it again and maybe strain it again um, but you know we haven't done that so. They spread these dispersants. Well, the dispersants have made people quite ill. Not just the ones who are working on the beach in their totally hazmat uniforms, um, but the uh, the birds, the songbirds around even my area, which is off the bay more than the the Gulf. We're about thirty-six miles from the Gulf and, and ten miles from the bay. We're right in the middle, so we can get to both areas. We can smell the oil. We have we have. Um, My mother especially, who has trouble breathing anyway, can't go out much because it it affects her immediately. Her eyes have been burning for for 83 days now. Uh, Her bird died, her little caged bird that she let outside. And when this first happened, not realizing how many chemicals were out there, she put it outside for some fresh air for about half an hour, and and the bird is dead now. Um, So what do you do about that? Because, you know, they're not doing anything the government isn't he's on vacation <laughs> we don't care we can destroy the Gulf Coast because that's where all the radical rednecks are we are the most conservative states are down here um, the ones who didn't vote for him so and he didn't come to vacation on the Gulf Coast to help the economy you know he brings an entourage with him that spends a good several hundred thousand dollars which would have helped the economy down here a lot but he didn't, he didn't vacation here he went to Maine because Maine's going to vote for him so, you know, and so was North Carolina because he went to Asheville when this first happened. And uh, we, we'll see where he's going to go next. But anyway, California, I think. Um, but anyway, he's on vacation. Uh, <laughs> so we'll just sit here and, and deal with it, right? Well, you can do some, some things holistically. Uh, essential oils especially. We have been diffusing in our house um, purification and frankincense, to name two. Lens from Young Living purification works wonders. <clears throat> See, I'm outside right now, and as dawn comes up and the air changes, um, my sinuses react immediately to the chemicals that are in the air. So you can hear it in my nose, my voice, whatever. And then I dis- I diffuse out here, and I keep oils in my pocket and sniff them and put them on my hands and keep them so that those the vibrations, the um, the frequencies of the oils are stopping. Whatever the chemicals damage might be, uh, or damage to my body or my cells might be from the from the chemicals that are in the air. Um, Anyway, you want to disperse those. You want to put them on your feet at night. You know, put a drop here, drop there. Keep them in your pocket. Sniff them every every half hour. Sniff them while you're at work. Um, I actually suggested people dump them in their waters too, because the waters all feed together, and that helps to purify the water but keep those essential oils with you and keep your body aligned the drinking water is is um... very scary to me i i don't think that people realize how much it, all of this has seeped into the aquifers and will continue to do that so the tap water and bathing water you don't see it you don't smell it it won't look like oil um, this is methane gas and and sulfur and benzene and all this stuff that's in the the uh... Dispersants that, of course, seep into the ground and go to the aquifers and come out your tap water and your and your your drinking fountains and your bath water and and you know you absorb it all through your skin. That is, it's your skin and your lungs. And so you take a shower in this water and you and you have just become a whale in a very small pool of chemicals. Um. So I'm, I'm very concerned about that because how many years now have I said to people to get a full water system in their homes? And um, and we can at least get some of it, you know. I've had a full water system now for seven years or eight years or whatever, something like that. I think 2002 we put it in and we, and we bought and built a house and moved it. And it just goes into your line and... and and uh, protects you. So we're not worried. My mother lives next door and she has one too. So we're not worried about the water. But I am very concerned about about long-term effects. And see, this is what the left never thinks of. What happens when you destroy the Gulf and the ecology? Well, let's see. We'll rebuild it better than ever was in the way that they think it should be rebuilt, you see. When they, he said we will rebuild it, no, no, no. No, no, no. The government is not going to rebuild this area after they destroy it. Mm-mm. It's gonna stop. But anyway, um, uh, you destroy the Gulf, and and um, you get people to move and spread out, diversify this this uh, culture down here of the Gulf Coast culture that doesn't always vote for Democrats. And, uh, you do what they're trying to do for whatever reason, um, and and don't look at the long term effects of the drinking water and how this earth works that I don't know where they think they're going to get their water from I don't know where they think their children are going to get their water from and how what they're going to be bathing in and what they're going to be eating, the vegetables that come from the ground, I don't know where they think all this is coming from, that it'll affect some people and not others that the social elite will not die that they'll have enough money to buy their way out of it it's like watching the Titanic you know, they all died. And the guy with the money, his money didn't mean anything, right? He still just, um, finagled his way by using a child. He used a child to get on the lifeboat. Do you remember that movie? They use children all the time. They use others all the time to get what they want. And then they end up shooting themselves in the head when they lose their money or they lose their power. And, uh, meanwhile though, all the people who were affected by those actions are going to be affected forever. It's that long-term, no-vision kind of thing. What are the, what's the collateral damage? What are the long-term consequences? doesn't matter as long as the agenda gets put through, which will happen in our lame duck Congress. What is that? Well, we know that we're going to take back the Congress. We're going to take back the House and Senate in November because we're throwing all of these SOBs out. If we could throw Obama out, we're going to get that too eventually. We're going to get him out of here before the end of his first term. We will get all of them out of here. We are working on it. Whether they know how we're working on it or not doesn't matter. Well, we will get them out of here. We will take this country back. But in the meantime, after we take back the House and the Senate in November and start on a, a whole another path of different things, um, we have a Congress that's in session from November 7th until December 31st, which is going to try to ram through every kind of pork package they can find because they don't care if they lose their jobs, they already lost them. And we have to get on people to who aren't losing their jobs to really turn around and say, no, you're not going to do this. Um, and then once we get everybody into office, in January it's going to be a long fight because they're going to try, and, and we should try, to turn back the the hands of time basically and undo some of the damage that these people have done and stop any further damage from this maniac who's in office i think he's mentally ill i think he should be in chains i think he should be dragged through the streets for everybody to see he and his wife if you look at the history of where they come from and what they want for this country doesn't matter if you think he was born in one place or another that you know that would be great if we could find out and get rid of him that way but the point is is that the man was brought up um, first of all, Indonesia, but second of all, in a radical-formed f- household full of mentors who believed in the destruction, the overcoming of our government and our constitution, who, who thrived in the 60s, who said, we'll join the establishment and bore from within, and come from within all government Areas and all educational areas to change this country. Why they wanted to change it from the wonderful, beautiful, God given, divine vision that it was into some poor, shanty town serfdom so that they could be in power. Only you can figure out why you voted for the man, only you have to decide. Why you allowed this to happen. Hmm. Yeah, well it's a very American thing to get lazy. Because we have such a wonderful place to be. So we get lazy. We don't do our homework. Do it. Do your homework. Go read the Manchurian President. Go to Amazon.com. I don't get paid for this. Go to Amazon.com. Read the Manchurian President. Read Michelle Malkin's culture of corruption. Add the two together. If you can't, you know, do the rest of the history Or do the connections connect the dots? At least read those two books. Let them blow you away. You got time. Go to the beach. Read a book. You know. Go camping. Read a book. No football games right now. It's summer. There are some baseball games, but you know you can listen to those and read a book. Anyway, get those things and and um, protect yourself from what's going on in the Gulf of Mexico whether you believe that you are affected by it or not. I have to cut this short now because my battery is going to go dead. But anyway, get to earthwalk-usa.com. There are two books on there that I wrote. Um, They're both called Forget the Cures, Find the Cause. And one's book one and one's book two. And we give a dollar to the Wounded Warrior Project for every book that is purchased off of the website. Um, So you need to spread that word and get people out there. We, We weren't able to give as much money last month as we were the month before, and uh, certainly not as much as we were the month before that. So that shows me the economy is is in trouble because people are still believing in their wounded warriors in our armed forces and our veterans, but they're not um, able to financially support these guys who are coming back with with all kinds. And they don't listen to Obama saying they're going to support. Um, post-traumatic stress syndrome in, in veterans. That's baloney. We've got veterans waiting more than two years now to get any kind of compensation for no legs and no arms. So, you know, if he's, he thinks he's going to... This is going to be another... It'll only take nine years, but they will support your post-traumatic stress syndrome if you don't kill yourself before they they uh, send you a check. So, <clears throat> anything that goes with the government, uh, forget it, okay? Anyway, get to earthwalk.susa.com. Um... Or and or spread this this podcast around so that other people can let them know that we 're still here uh, we, we 're not here as often because things are just as hard over here. you know we have things going on in the Gulf we have things going on economically we have things going on um, emotionally and physically with everyone who's affected by this disaster that this administration has caused and will continue to cause for as long as we allow it to happen. And as far as the Black Panther Party goes, up there August 27th and 28th in D.C., who said they're ready to rumble with Tea Partiers and right-wingers and anyone who doesn't think that they should stand at polling places with their clubs and intimidate you from voting because you're white or you're a cracker, well, I'll tell you what, I'm telling you right now, come on. Because there are going to be 4, 5, 10, 15, 25, 150 million white people or white supporters who will come after you if you try to rumble with us. And uh, and I don't think at this point that anybody is worried about the consequences. This is Raina G. Please spread the word. Thanks for listening.